0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. I focus today on raising
1: school-aged boys and what it takes for them to flourish in life, to become young men with brave hearts and bold minds. Well, if we're measured by what sort of people we have become, there are a number of elements other than the parents that we are that influence the outcomes for our sons. So what sort of high expectations should you have of the school that you might choose to send your children to? Well, our talkback line is open. We'll be taking calls for your comments and your questions for the principal of one of the nation's most prestigious education institutions, the Scots College. Scotts is one of the oldest and most reputable boys' schools in Australia. Scotts is a non-selective, Presbyterian, GPS boys' school for day and boarding students. Dr Ian Lambert is the principal at Scotts College. Now this is a college with a history dating back to 1893 and so there are some honourable traditions that have developed in that time. Ian Lambert is passionate about sharing his insights for the wider community, for the benefit of all boys and for parents. And before taking the helm at Scotts College, Dr. Lambert was principal of Swan Christian College in Perth in WA. And before that, he taught English and history at St. Paul's Anglican School and Emmanuel College in Queensland. So let me make a special welcome to our guest today, Dr. Ian Lambert. Ian, welcome to 2020. Uh, Good morning, Neil, and thank you very much for the opportunity. Ian, looking forward to our conversation over this hour and inviting listeners to participate with our talkback line open on 1-800-316-316. I want to get into some of the detail about this wonderful podcast opportunity people have to be able to access some of your wonderful wisdom that comes from Scots College. Uh, about raising boys but before we get into that let me ask you uh, about schools in general and uh, an int- an interesting and and uh, a question that will be on people's lips as we get this conversation underway uh, does it matter which school you choose to send your children to what's your response to a, a general question like that but one that is so important
2: a good question Neil. look i actually think it it does matter enormously um Children are, are shaped significantly by family beliefs and values, and I think uh, we should be looking for a school that that honors those beliefs and values, and and creates a, a learning opportunity and a framework for boys to, to grow in a way that uh, that supports those values, but also opens up life to them as well. And there are there are lots of different choices Christians make different choices across the spectrum of schools. But I think families uh, need to take the educational process important, uh, you know, very significantly and, and recognise that, uh, that it's more than just learning uh, knowledge. It's actually about shaping a life.
1: And so our conversation through this coming hour, it won't really uh, affect where parents have made choices. I mean, people choose to send their children to state schools or they might choose an independent Christian school. And uh, you're at the helm of an independent Christian school and uh, one of our nation's greatest. Uh, The sorts of principles we want to talk about are going to be relevant for parents who are raising boys, whether they're in state schools or whether they're in independent Christian schools. Let's talk about the podcasts that you have now very successfully launched, and you can access those on the the Scots College website. Brave hearts and bold minds. What is it that inspired you to put this sort of program together to get this wisdom out to parents everywhere? Well, I think Neil,
2: being a um, being a non selective school, we, we have a broad range of boys boys that come from um, all over New South Wales and, in, and indeed all around the world. So. You know the full spectrum of of young uh, boys and, and and men have to go through our educational program and that that reflects the broader community in in many respects even though we are a high um, fee school um, so we what we felt was that over recent years you know we've been really thinking deeply about um, You know, a developmental educational philosophy that, you know, taps into the curiosity, the desire for mastery, adventure, courage, conviction in the world that I think, you know, God places in the heart of every child. And if we do this well for us, that's that's all well and good, but how can we actually be a blessing to others? I mean, how can we take the the resources that God has blessed us with here? both physical and through people, and share that with uh, mums and dads um, across the nation across the world so that 's where the podcast idea came from and we 're very fortunate to have um, veteran journalist and news anchor Lee Hatcher uh, sorry Lee Hatcher um, come in and lead that conversation with us so largely we, we tap into some of our senior staff who have real expertise. Um, in terms of working with boys, and we share different dimensions of life and different practical tips and and, and, way, and tactics and ways in which parents can both encourage and, and support their boys' learning.
1: Interestingly, as parents, we can feel like sometimes we're going through the motions. Uh, you know, our children get to age... Three, and we're thinking about where we'll send them to school. Uh, age four and five, and they're into uh, some uh, some prep uh, years. And oftentimes we go through the motions, and and we think about the local schools in our area now it 's interesting that the Scots College you also have a boarding school arm and it 's a long part of the tradition as well so you've got uh, you 've got uh, boys that have been sent there from uh, in your case mostly around New South Wales, but mm-hmm. you 've got boys that have come from all over the world to be educated at the scots college. Uh, this opportunity is something that parents are taking advantage of even if they can 't live in your local community
2: that, that's right, and no, I think um there are different dimensions it's wonderful to be um you know attached to your local school if you have a, a good school and a good community and i i i think you know sort of a bedrock principle for parents is take a real interest in the school that your children are involved in and whether that's um you know a chinese parent that's sent their child to sydney to be educated or whether it's um, a family that's, you know, in a local state school around the corner, um, schools are always looking for support and encouragement. I actually think boys are looking to see whether their parents actually value education as well, whether they're involved in some way, whether it's through sporting teams or, or parent, um, support groups or just being, uh, encouraged, encouraging of the educational process. That's very important. But we don't always have choices. I mean, we have, traditionally 125 years ago uh, enrolled students from regional areas um, in New South Wales because they didn't have access to uh, particularly the high school and and good quality schools Um, and that's true now we have boys from the Northern Territory uh, who are making choices I think around the the educational experience around the values that are and beliefs that are being articulated um, in the school and also the way in which the school connects with parents. And that's one thing I've tried to create here is to really emphasise the fact that we're in a partnership with families here Um, you know we have some expert knowledge about how children learn and how they grow and develop but parents have a lot of expert knowledge about that as well and if we work together and we can work together um, particularly with Christian organizations and churches then we have a really strong network that we're uh, surrounding our boys With, And I think that's very important.
1: So your encouragement to parents is to become involved in the school education of their boys, because that actually role models something very important. Uh, The actions speak louder than words.
2: Uh, Absolutely. I mean, it's it's really, I find it really interesting, for example, when you look at the boys who emerge as the leaders in the school. So Matt Scott's here. It, it's very typical that I know those parents. Now, it's not that I choose the boys because of the parents, but um, you tend to find that those parents are visible. Um, they, they're they attending the music performances. They're um, standing on the sideline on, on the weekend watching the football matches. You know, they get involved in helping out doing things. So I think boys, you know, they model and they, they mirror behaviours. And if they see that their parents place a, a very important emphasis on Um, education then they will typically um, place a strong emphasis on that and um, you know one of the things that's been really interesting for me that I really admire I really admire the you know the Chinese and the Asian cultures because uh, you know when I visit an Asian country as the principal of a school I am treated um, you know second to the president and um that they place such a high emphasis on uh, the, the the educator, uh, the role of education. And I think in Australia, we have an incredible educational system. It's diverse, it's rigorous, it's brilliant. And I think we undersell it a lot. And I think we need to... Um, you know, keep the message in front of our boys and girls about um, the opportunities we have and how important education is now and particularly in the future.
1: Ian, let's talk about some of the nitty gritty things that are going on in our culture now, because our culture is changing. Uh, mm. Culture change, one of the biggest challenges that lie lies ahead of us. What sort of things do you see as important that are shaping the lives of boys today? And perhaps uh, you can reflect on even the good and the bad things that are shaping boys. Uh, what are those influences right now?
2: I, th- I think the, um, we have to see the good and the bad. Uh, and I think we have to see parenting um, as uh, there's a contest out there, basically for your child, and there's no doubt about that. That um, there are, you know, there, there's technology. There are, uh, you know, television, media shows, movies, people contesting for the hearts and minds of your child, and they are doing that sometimes for monetary gain, because or for for other reasons. So I think if we recognise that, if we take a passive role in the, the raising of our child, then um, someone else will actually take uh, a, a more aggressive role. And I think we have to be really careful about that. So we need to make sure that that all of those things, you know, technology, their access to um, different information is being monitored, that we're having conversations with our, our sons about that, that we create that you know we maintain that relationship with our boys I think there's a very so I think we, we get a bit frightened of technology technology can be an absolutely brilliant things and boys love it it's, it's like a car they like they like fixing it they like they can play with it so there's a really good side of it but there's quite a dark side of it as well I mean you can, it can take you down pathways and pornography and um, you know relationships that are really quite harmful so again, the best way to do that is keep working on your relationship with your child, and 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 rather than be judgmental, and um, you know, keeping open-ended conversations going. So, as boys mature, they can they know they can trust you as a parent, and they can keep talking about that. I think there are some other challenges for boys as well at the moment. I think um, I think boys are being defined in lots of curious ways at the moment, and and I think. We don't really know. When we talk about the notion of masculinity and ask for a definition, you know, it, it's very confusing. Boys don't know what they're supposed to be. Parents are finding it hard to define what it means to be a male in the 21st century. So I think we need we need to give them that clarity. I mean, boys need to see themselves clearly. They need to admit their faults honestly. They need to discover their strengths and they need to build upon those strengths um, and, you know, with a sense of hope that's out there. So sometimes boys can be seen as practical, not interested in education, not that reflective, and and I would say the opposite is true. I mean, what I love about this particular school is that I I see boys thinking deeply about life. I see them, you know, committed, passionately committed to caring uh, for members of our community that uh, that need support, you know they're proactive in that. And I see, I see a real sort of ethical heart uh, emerging in in young young boys at the moment that I don't think was there when I was growing up. And and so we have to take that and shape that and frame that in their belief system um, so that they they maintain that hope for the future and and a sense of you know God's calling and His His presence in their life um, and those other things can take their course, you know. Um, I think if I may, without going on too much, I think the other worry that a lot of boys have at the moment is, is the changing nature of, of work. Um, you know, jobs are disappearing, you know, the greatest employer in the world of men at the moment is driving, some kind of driving, a vehicle, taxi, cars, trucks, um, deliveries, and, and we're looking at, you know, with Google and those sorts of things of driverless vehicles, um, technology-driven vehicles and deliveries, and you could look at that as somebody and say, "Gosh, you, you know, all that employment's going to disappear. What will I do?" Um, well, I think you know we have to be think about that, understand that, be creative, develop our learning so that we're we're equipped for that change, and uh, and don't see the future as being hopeless, but but full of hope. Um, you know, the world is a is a you know, started as a garden. God called us to create it and unfold it and, and develop it and trying to help boys to see that, um, that transformative role that God calls us to is, is what they're doing. They're not just learning, uh, knowledge so that they get a result somewhere to get into a course. They're actually, um, they're learning so that they can grow and be men of integrity that, that that can be part of the shaping process
1: of the world. Let me take you to something that I do understand about the Scots College. Uh, One of those wonderful traditions that has grown up with what you do, uh, the idea of having a school uniform where the boys all have long sleeve shirts and uh, you encourage those boys to roll up their sleeves. In fact, that's part of the uniform. What's the meaning behind the idea of a tradition that has something so practical? You wouldn't say this is an intellectual pursuit, but it has an effect on the life of young boys. What's the what's the significance of rolling up sleeves?
2: Yeah, look, I I think it's a great. Australian tradition to to, you know, roll up your sleeves and, and get busy in the world and, and and be prepared to do hard work. And uh it's quite an interesting one, um, Neil, because in lots of you know, I constantly people say, well, why can't we have short sleeve shirts? And you say, Well, actually it's a tradition, it's a it's a really honourable thing, it's something that you know, provides a talking point, a, a symbolic moment where you can say, you know what, you can have all the intellectual ability in the world, but if you actually don't have, um, you know, an honest work ethic, um, then you won't realise your potential. So, um, you know, hard work trumps aptitude, you know, 99% of the time. And so that's just an example of taking a small thing. And I think boys need you need to point to things and, and keep reinforcing messages. And I'm sure lots of families have those little quirky traditions they do um, in their family. And, I, and, you know, I think they're good. And they're the sorts of things that stick around in your mind long after uh, the people have moved on. So for us, that's just one thing. We also have, being a, a school with a Scottish heritage, we wear kilts and, um, you know, that that's quite a unique part of Australia as well. But it's... Uh, yeah, they're, they're lots of all schools have some of those things. I think we have to really fight hard against blandness. Um, I think as we move um, into a world where it's cheaper and more economical to have everyone wearing the same thing and looking the same and doing the same thing, I don't think that's what God called us to do. I think He called us to actually create and design, and um, you know, uncover our uniqueness and 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 work together in ways that that are about adventure and discovery and curiosity and all those sorts of things. So I think we've got to push back against some of that blandness and add some colour to the world.
1: When we talk about uh, traditional values, uh, we might be uh, talking about connecting with our Christian heritage. And uh, with such a long tradition in the Scots College, uh, you obviously try to keep those uh, Christian heritage values and principles alive. Uh, What do you do to actually influence the life of a schoolboy, a young man who's growing to manhood, uh, with using traditions to actually shape his character. How does that work? I think you have to
2: you have to have a um, both a broad and a targeted approach. And you need to look at the integration of experiences and ideas and concepts. So you you, you can't just develop practices without meaning behind those practices. So that, you know what. What we've been really trying to do over the last decade is, is is to draw back on our heritage and to you know, look at the beliefs and values that informed the foundation of this school and what that vision was. And the vision back uh, in 1893 was for higher learning for the, what they called the common will or the common good of all people. And that was framed in very much... Um, strong Christian beliefs about developing leaders to go out there and, and be conscious of serving God in the world in different ways. So we've pulled that story forward. We've built this philosophy around that. We share that philosophy on, you know, on a daily basis with staff and students. And then we, then we frame, you know, practices around that. Well, how do you live that way? Or how do you, you know, develop a set of godly values? How do you care for the interests of others? How do you live with integrity? How do you keep your word? Um, develop your gifts and your potential and manage your time and your money well and how do you pass on to others what you received? All those sorts of you know, practical outward expressions of a much deeper vision of life are important. And I think, I think we, we can't undersell boys. I mean, boys are interested in deep things. Um, if you look at the, the history of Western thought, um, you know men were were great thinkers um they spent lots of time reflecting on the world and writing and composing and doing all sorts of things and i think i think i think we need to honor their intelligence and their um you know their aspirations by by you know creating depth i, mean, I think families can do that as well not not just thinking about god in a superficial way and how that impacts my behaviours, but how does it set the course for my life? I mean, how do I worship God with all that I have and all that I'm, I'm being? And that, that, should, that should shape our career or our vocational choices in life, and, um, and it should make help us to make decisions about um, how we spend our time and how we spend our resources.
1: Ian Lambert, when we talk about boys, is it the case that boys can sometimes get bored with their studies? Uh, what do you have to do to keep boys engaged, to keep them growing, to keep them moving towards a goal? What are your thoughts?
2: Oh, thanks, Neil. I think it, this is a really important question in the education of boys, and obviously for us being a boys' school, we, we are able to focus on the... Uh, you know, the life of a boy and, and work out what makes them tick, and, and you know, why do some actually really flourish and, and, and others not? And I guess one of the things I would say that, that we do is we, we have a very clear sense of, of excellence and we define that excellence very clearly uh, with our boys. And um, we almost don't give them permission to be mediocre. And I think that's a really important thing for us as. Christians sometimes do. Sometimes we struggle about, um, you know, being the best in our field, um, and we think sometimes we should just pull our head down below the parapet and and, and maybe a little bit um, just off the best. And I think we get quite confused about that. You know, when I read the Old Testament book of Malachi, um, you know, the, the the people a, had a great offense uh, to God, and, and they were wondering what it is. How did we offend God? And largely because they weren't bringing their best prized lamb, um, or they weren't bringing um, the best of what they had uh, in order to sacrifice and worship Him. And I think there's a there's a narrative there about um, you know bringing you know, the best of your love and commitment to God or, or don't bring anything at all. And so I think as Christians, we need that self-motivation. I think boys need to have this vision about why they are trying to be the best at what they do, why they're trying to master something. Boys love mastering things. So I think as teachers, you you should never um, set the bar and leave the bar at one place. You must keep nudging it forward all the time. Keep Keep lifting it and provide the structures and the supports uh, you know talk about failure that part of becoming excellent is to is to fail along the way, but to have the tenacity and the determination and the vision to keep going it 's quite interesting. I read a book by um, uh, the the British table tennis champion who wrote a book called Bounce, and he talked about the fact that it doesn 't matter what you do in life that it, it takes those ten thousand hours it, take, it will take you about five years. Uh, to master something, and you, th- just that persistence and that determination over time is really important. so I, I think for boys, boys will off, boys are quite scared of failure I mean they, they have bravado and they think they 're tough and but they 're very nervous about failing, particular, particularly failing in front of others, so rather than fail, they, they will try, they won 't even attempt. They'll pretend that they're not interested. So I think we need to have the conversations about what it means to be successful, what it means, what happens when you fail. Um, is that really that terrible? But to, to have them set uh, clearer goals, um, higher goals, and put structures around them to support that, and that's why really good teachers uh, bring out the best in children, um, because they basically put a vision in front of them and say, I believe in you. I believe you've got what it takes to, uh, to achieve that. So, um, you know, don't compromise with boys. And I think that's the problem we've got in society at the moment. I think we're accepting that certain, you know, young teenage and, and young ad- adult men are are uh, okay doing what they're doing and it's, you know, their behaviour, their achievement, a whole lot of things are really not acceptable and and we need to call it for what it is.
1: We're talking schools. We're talking about uh, the sorts of influences on boys' lives as they're developing into young men. You're talking about issues to do with truth. Uh, you're talking about ways to uh, lift Uh, the aspirations of young men, always setting that bar a little bit higher. When we talk about uh, the sorts of uh, values, the idea of truth, how much responsibility is there uh, for the teachers uh, to be modelling the behaviours uh, that they expect those boys to uh, aspire to? Because sometimes when we might look at the uh, teaching staff in the local school that we might have our children going to, maybe don't, not all the values line up with what we'd like. How important is it, Ian, uh, to make sure that uh, it's a holistic uh, issue when you're raising your sons through those school years?
2: I think um, I think we should have an expectation all the time that... Um, that- Teacher honor, teachers honour our families, and and through their their particular work, that they are they are not just deliberately seeking to undermine that. Now that that can be a challenge in different settings, but I think again it's a it's a challenge that that um, that we should hold up there for people. Um, the you know as Australians, you remember a few years ago we talked about you know had a list of values like care and compassion, doing your best, fair go, freedom integrity honesty trustworthy they're all good, they're all good values um, and and they're all embedded um, kind of in a deeper understanding of life but I think when you're obviously in a more e- explicit Christian environment you can you can frame or contextualize those values in a in a you know vision of um, you know the gospel of you know what Christ's purpose is for humankind is and and you can have those more open... Open conversations with children, but I think teachers um, in a lot of uh, independent schools now are re- are required to not just be sympathetic to um, you know the beliefs and the values of a school but to actually encourage and support them and so we do a lot of work um, helping our teachers and and we 're a school where n- not every teacher would say that they have a you know a practicing um, Christian faith but we have an expectation that they have to be on the journey with us, and I think that's very, I think that's very reflective of the way God works in the world. Is that God's working not only with the children, but He's also working with the staff and with families. And um, the, you know, we, we've got John Stackhouse, who's a Canadian Christian academic with us. He's here for three weeks. Um, he was on Q and A the other night, a number of things. But you know, John's been doing professional development work with our staff. And, and also talking to our boys, but John John mentioned a, a fantastic phrase um, the other day at our staff briefing. He said, as a Christian community, it, it's our calling to provide constant critical and creative pressure on the world. And what he means by that is, if we are to be agents of transformation, then and we do have a set of you know beliefs and values about you know why is the world here, who are we, what's wrong with it, what's the remedy, then we can gradually together, uh, both Christian and non-Christian, apply that constant critical and creative pressure on those areas of life that um, are causing uh, sinfulness, causing fracture and breakdown and different things, and we work towards that improvement. You also made a, another wonderful comment, and uh, which was when... You know, in the book of genesis where, where God actually finished creating the world, he said it was very good, and um, he didn 't say it was excellent, and that 's partly because it wasn 't finished If it was a finished project there 'd be nothing for us to do. He calls us to excellence, but what he 's given us is something that is very good and I think we, I think as parents and schools are schools are a sphere of human activity that God calls us to be faithful in. And we all have a responsibility for that. I, th- I personally think it's probably the most influential and important sphere because we're, we're shaping a human life and, and we're directing them towards the purposes of God. Um, so I think we should always hold up an expectation in a gracious and loving way um, to support teachers so that they can be faithful in articulating uh, the values that we think are important as Christians and and also that we do promote a notion of truth you know the postmodern world rejects uh, truth and says we make up truth whereof we are we construct it but we know from scripture that uh, truth is absolute uh, that there is a there is a god there is a, a the person of Christ he's a real living historical person and that uh, and he is the truth and we need to work that out with our children in terms of what that means and how, how do I apply that to my life and then how I live my life?
1: What about the relevance of Christian faith in the school context? Because if we were talking about this in some circles, people will say, oh, well, that Christian stuff is uh, is in irrelevance. But, but, of course, when we talk about the development of a character, when we talk about the righteousness that might exalt a nation, the school all of a sudden becomes so, so important because it is shaping the integrity, it's shaping the character, it's shaping the lives of the outcomes of, of young people. When you're actually doing that shaping, when you're talking about Christian faith, relevant for those young men in the context that they'll find themselves in, uh, you're really talking about a leadership role in your school. And whether we're talking about the Scots College uh, which has uh, got a more clearly defined, perhaps, a leadership path to lead those boys along. But but every let's incorporate uh, every school in, in this sort of uh, conversation. Schools are leaders, teachers are leaders, yep. and uh, and the the quality and values of the teacher are going to be shaping the young people.
2: Yep. Look, you know, life is a. Uh, this might be super. Life's like a game, and um, it's a game to be played, and, and God calls us to play it and uh, it'll be played ac- according to somebody's rules. So who's going to set the rules? I think we've got to be really conscious as Christians to to make sure that that we don't abdicate our responsibility and our, our knowledge and wisdom and, and hide in the corner and complain about the fact that, you know, others don't want us to have, um, you know, RE lessons in schools anymore. And to, I mean, it's there's a lot of ignorance out there. I mean, again, I, I look back over the last, You know, a thousand years of, um, you know, Christian influence in the intellectual traditions of the world in all dimensions, in art, music, um, you know, the Renaissance, a whole lot of things. That was shaped by, you know, strong reformational Christian thinking. And those people, it wasn't because everyone wanted to listen. It was because those people were good at what they did they were able to articulate that in creative and fresh ways that inspired people, and they were courageous, and some of them lost their lives for it. And I think sometimes, you know, we need to see the, the fact that, you know, life is a contest and, and values are a contest and beliefs are a contest, and um, we need to be wise, we need to be loving, we need to, um, you know, be tenacious in... Um, you know, defending and protecting the things that we really believe in for the sake of our children. Um, Otherwise, the next generation of children won't have the opportunities that
1: ours have. So you're talking really about the way that parents need to be thinking about their boys, uh, raising their sights a little higher, having a higher aspiration for what the outcomes might be because if you look at the popular images in media, it's about surviving school so you can get into the party scene. Yep. Uh, and those are very simplistic images that we see but we're not talking I guess today about simply surviving school but actually how do you have that young man flourish in his life and move into all sorts of influential uh, entrepreneurial leadership pursuits because unless you shape those from those early days uh, they're not going to be there as outcomes later on are they?
2: No that's right and I think again it comes back to an earlier point I made I I think we need to not undersell uh, you know the potential of our children, and the importance of education in shaping that. That um, we we need to have that aspirational view. That you know someone in twenty years' time will be the prime minister of this country. Well, it it could be one of our listeners' children. Wouldn't it be good if it was? Um, and. And so how do you get there? Well, you're quite strategic about that. You know, you, you get your children involved in a range of different programs. You build their confidence. You build their ability and their skill. You get them to, you know, work hard and see the importance of learning, how to build relationships. And you shape a life. Um, my view, I mean, one of the reasons I'm in school is because I, I, I was a country kid and I had the opportunity to go to, an, you know, the Southport School on the Gold Coast, which was amazing um, boys' school. And I had an incredible adventure. It was like someone, it was like Narnia, you know, the cupboard opened up and there was a world of learning that was just incredible. So, you know, when I decided to go down an educational path, I, I never wanted to be in charge of a school that was boring. I wanted the school every day to have... New things happening, fresh ideas, opportunities for boys to actually shape the organisation, not to just be shaped by it. And so, I think as educators, leaders of schools, um, children in schools, we've got to co- encourage them to, you know, to own this, own this experience. And this is life. This is, you know, school is not a uh, an ante room, uh, you know, where we wait for the real game. It is the game, um, and. It, it's got to be a good game. We should play it well. We should encourage students to to inspire. And I think parents can be, they can be the, the greatest encouragers on the sideline. And particularly with boys. Can I make a comment between boys and girls? And mm-hmm. I've got two sons and a daughter. Girls are brilliant at encouraging each other. You know, even if one of their girlfriends has a go at something and doesn't do well, they'll all get around, give her a hug and say, ''That was great. You were fantastic.'' Um, you know, boys can tend to go, when somebody fails, hey, that was a bit of a failure. And so I think, you know, boys need people around them. They need boys, they need mums, they need dads around them to say, you know what, really proud of you. That was brilliant. Uh, you know, you've gone from 46 to 48%. What a great step. You know, next week you go to 56 So I, boys need that sort of encouragement and um and, and I think schools have to be great encouragers and uh, and have a vision of hope, you know, which is very important. I, I've just got on my desk here um, a quote from Muhammad Ali, you know, which is, he says, champions are made from something deep inside them, a desire, a dream, a vision. Uh, they have the, They have to have the stamina, they have to be faster, they have to have the skill and the will, but the will must be stronger than the skill. And I think, you know, we know that as Christians, um, we know that you've got a if you've got a deep desire, uh, and you've got people around you to support you, then lots of things are possible. and And boys love that; they love that narrative, and it's a true narrative. Um, and And I think they can achieve success in very different ways. God doesn't call us to achieve success, just by being a corporate leader, um, he, he calls us with our, around our giftedness to be excellent in that space. And if you're a taxi driver, be a brilliant taxi driver, be relational, care for people, you know, um, serve God in that place and, and, and recognize that that's what you're doing. In, it's not just a job, it's your calling in life. And, and that's the message we try and give our boys.
0: Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision. Dr. Ian Lambert, our guest, the principal at
1: the Scots College. Ian, uh, only a couple of minutes remaining for our conversation, if we're talking about a strategy uh, for parents who are thinking, well, I'm just going through the motions with my son or sons right now, uh, what sort of a strategy might embrace a whole lot of different areas of life and and uh, and help parents to actually uh, think uh, more highly about the aspirations they might have uh, for raising their sons?
2: Well, Neil, I think the most important thing you can do for a uh for your son is understand his strengths and convince him to play to his strengths. I'm a great believer that you should spend 70% of your time developing your strengths, you know, know what you do well and, and knowing those things. You spend about 25% on new things, you know, where boys are stepping out of their comfort zone and they're dedicating time to learning new things. And spend about 5% of the time on your areas of weakness. And the idea of that is to try and minimize weakness so they don't impact your strength. And I think when you're selecting subjects, you're selecting sports you play, you're selecting musical instruments, you're selecting how you serve in the community, think about that strength-based model. Think about spending the time focusing on the strength because that's the space boys can play in and they want to be successful. So that's giving them a vision, help them to get some small victories, Surround them by other good men, both young and, and older, who can be mentors for them and be encouragers. And then try and build that sense of momentum and connect them into a team. I think that's really important. I think, um, you know, leadership requires you to, to be a team player all the time. So never work alone on this. And I think as parents, never work alone as well. And, and finally, I'd say, you know, start to change the language you use. Start to talk about life as a daring adventure and take your boys on some daring adventures. I walked my kids across Spain when they were 12 and 13. We took us six weeks. Um, they didn't want to go, but by the end of it, we felt like we'd discovered ourselves, we'd done something amazing, and they still talk about it when they're 23, 24 years of age. So get outside your comfort zone, step outside the straight thing, don't listen to what other people say don't worry about rankings and how your kid's sitting now in terms of his academic performance everyone's got ability, we know that it's biblical, God doesn't create duds Um, he creates all of us some of us with challenges but he's still got a purpose for us so I think that framework of, of you know having a strong set of values, playing to your strengths, getting a vision for your life, all those things are really important.
1: Ian, outstanding input, outstanding advice. And there'll be parents of boys who want to take advantage of uh, what is an opportunity to be able to access some of this sort of wisdom that you're sharing today and also other experts that you have who are sharing their thoughts on the podcasts that we've been talking about called Brave Hearts Bold Minds. Now, Dr. Ian Lambert is the principal at the Scots College. So when you go to the Scots College website, you'll be able to access those podcasts. They're called Brave Hearts, Bold Minds, and it's about growing fine young men. Now, the website is the Scots College website. So tsc.nsw.edu.au. And Ian Lambert, just great wisdom. And uh, thank you so much for taking some time to share that wisdom with our listeners today on 2020.
2: Thank you, Neil, and um, thank you for the work that you do and your team as well. You, uh, you uh, again, do provide a great service and a great way of expressing God's
0: love in the world. Well done. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported.